This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free of the chains holding me. Is anybody out there hearing me? Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn. Bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And as you've heard me before, I have a special heart for youth these days, because as we've discussed, we're losing a lot of battles when it comes to youth. I talked to a youth pastor just this week, a guy in his 20s, and he told me that what he sees is a lot of the people he grew up with in the church are now either atheist or agnostic. We, uh, I talked to a mom. We had a mom on the show, Kelly Chavez, several weeks ago, and she shared how her 17-year-old son had just come to her and confessed a nine-year addiction to pornography, and she ha- she had no clue at all when she shared her story. And this is uh, the statistics are showing that sixty-four percent of youth pastors are viewing pornography, and then at the younger ages, seventy-nine percent of first exposure of porn happens at home. Eleven is the average age that kids get exposed to porn, but I would say that that's old for the people who come to us for help. Most of the men have gotten their first exposure at the age of eight. So, to, And then I, we had Greg Reed on, who's been in youth ministry for decades, and he said that what he sees is 80% of Christians, Christian youth are walking away from ch- the church by the time they're in their early 20s. So there is a desperate need these days to really reach our youth and to speak to the areas they're struggling with. And so today we're going to be talking to two men who are leading the largest Christian private school in the state of Arizona. And they've been willing to go there with their school, with their students, with talking about those issues. So I have Jeff Brown with me. He's the superintendent of Northwest Christian School. And I have Chris Gardner, the campus pastor. So welcome, guys. Thank you, Mike. Mike. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Yeah, we're excited to welcome you to our campus, too. A uh, week from Friday, you're going to come and be leading our big boys on campus prayer breakfast. <laughs> Looking at forward 7 to it. Yeah, that's going to be gold. I appreciate it. So tell me what you guys see in your campus with youth and pornography. Well, it's, you know, here's what, what we see, and it's, it's I think, uh, an issue that, that is definitely inclusive of the issue of pornography, but is even even more expansive than that. I sat down uh, about a year ago, and for whatever reason, I pulled up all of the the disciplinary statistics just on bored. the campus. It's just bored, just <laughs> looking for something to do on a on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. But I pulled up every secondary sixth through twelfth grade disciplinary statistic on the campus, and I was shocked because what I had found was that over just over eighty percent of the disciplinary episodes that we encountered in young people's lives had to do with their digital lives. Mm. 
Mm. It wasn't in-class behavior. Yeah. It wasn't something that we caught him doing in the hall or, or sneaking around outside of the class. It had to do with something that they were doing virtually, whether that was bullying, whether it was something inappropriate. Uh, but you know, as I sat down and I looked at the overall number of disciplinary episodes, over time it hadn't increased. What had changed was that we had gone from being overt – with our with our sin, with our disciplinary issues, our struggles, our our temptations to being covert, and and that is such a slippery slope because when you don't see the student doing it, when you don't see a young person, when you don't see me doing it, you know it's it's so much easier to let that issue go unaddressed, and so that's I think that's the thing, the number one thing that concerns me about young people today is it the ease of going covert with their struggles yeah what about you g oh man um i've been working with students um high school junior high college students for 20 plus years and it's a different game today obviously um pornography is not new mike is it it's been around for a long time and um but again that idea of being hidden and I think our enemy, Satan, right? We, we, if I'm a Christian, my faith um, tradition, uh, we believe in Satan, and uh, um, he, he's he's dominating this one. Yeah. And uh, I think w- one of the biggest things I think he tells our kids is, "You're the only one doing this, and you are a failure. Um, you are a loser. You are done. God will never use you. God cared." And and so I think our kids, um, I don't necessarily think it's one issue. But it's that idea of their identity and who they are. Yeah, and then parents too. I think parents are tempted to believe that my kid's the only one. We can't talk about this because uh, the shame on my family uniquely and individually will be, be too much. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they start to think that it's a reflection on them. Right. And then so all the more reason, all the more motivation for the parent – to hide it, to suppress it, when in fact, and that's what I love about your ministry, Mike, is is that unabashedly uh, you're shining a light into these areas of darkness. You're helping men and women kind of crawl out of the shadows with these shameful issues, and in in doing so, uh, I think you point right to John chapter fourteen. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And unless we are prepared, uh, is school leaders, is family leaders, is church leaders, to embrace this truth, we're we're not going to find Christ in the way. Well, that goes to telling our kids their identity, right, and who they are, who they are in Christ. Absolutely. um, And God is bigger than any mistake they've made. Um, and but I, I think about a kid. You're talking about a kid. How does a dad talk to a kid when he's knee deep in it too? Yeah, mm. um, that's a that's a tough one. And I think for a, a, a whatever mistake it is, I think um, I, I've I've been an okay dad. I got kids that are twenty, eighteen, fifteen, and four. Um, but I think the one of the best things I did as a dad was admitting to kids some of my failures. Yeah. And they didn't think they'd live up to who dad was. And then sometimes they can just see him front and center, can't they? They're pretty aware. They're not stupid. (laughs) Just dealing with that, honestly, as a family uh, can be just revelatory. Absolutely. But I think you've tipped the the nail right on the head. Um, The issue for me is is I see it. I don't sit down with families and say, okay, the issue is that your sixth grader or your twelfth grader has a cell phone. That could be an issue if it's unmonitored. Uh, But the – the prominence in in just the 
availability of pornography of in more than pornography, just all of the inappropriate uh, material that's out there that clouds and disrupts biblical worldview is it's just so abundant and families have to be it is families have to be aware of what students are are seeing and watching but i think you know the the larger issue does come down to biblical worldview a student's failure to understand what does the bible say about me right what does the bible say about her what does the Bible say about my parents? And when we realize, and I think this is where, where students miss it, that we are Imago Dei, that mm-hmm. we are created in the image and likeness of God, that we bear his countenance to the world around us, that we're his image, I think that is such a powerful understanding. When kids don't get that, it's too easy to understand or to, to mistakenly understand, uh, this doesn't matter. Yeah. Me looking at this image of her doesn't matter. Until you realize, no, 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 she's a Mago Day too. Yeah, and so I think that's the the number one thing. As I sit down with families and we talk through uh, this, it, the issue is okay. Where where are you at in terms of your understanding of who you are in Christ? So when these disciplinary episodes come up, what percentage of parents are hearing this for the first time that mm. their kids are into that? Mm. I would say. Probably pretty high, huh? What you... <laughs> oh boy, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah I, you know, you said ninety percent earlier. I would say that that would be a on little. the low end because we deal we deal with with young students. And I tell you yeah. what, the thing that so bothers me is that it used to be you could get on Google. It used to be that you could get on YouTube or or whatever, and there would be a presumption of safety. Yeah, but it's almost like the tech giants in this day and age are are joining the predatory circus. That's out there because you're no longer safe. Just getting online, music, and yeah, it, yeah, it's just it's just awful. And so it's my my question beyond you know how many parents were were aware that this was you know or became aware at the first time is could we even nail down that first time? Yeah, could we nail down that slippery for, slope? That, yeah. that, that very small thing that turns into something big. I'm not even sure that most students even remember their first exposure. Yeah. So that's scary. What I tell parents is if your kid is eight and you haven't had the sex talk with them, it's too late Yeah. in today's culture. And there are a lot of kids that they get smartphones at the earliest age of six now. Yeah. And a lot of those are unfiltered and unblocked and unmonitored. So that's mm-hmm. – a six-year-old does not have the emotional maturity – to handle wide open yeah. internet access. I'm 53, yeah. Mike. I don't know that I have, <laughs> I have the emotional maturity yeah. to handle what's out there. But, you know, the other thing, too, is we always tell families it's not a single talk. It's an conversation. ongoing conversation, conversation that, that yeah. you engage. And I agree with you. You know, if, if you're engaging that conversation for the very first time at eight, um, you're probably a little late. Because that conversation has been happening, your kids have been watching you. Yeah, they know what you're up to. They they have their own their own suspicions. Uh, you need to engage those conversations and more specifically the modeling early, early on. And then that conversation needs to be continual. When you're when you're driving in the car and suddenly the you you fly by this billboard. And there's an inappropriate image yeah. or you see a commercial on the TV or you're watching your favorite TV show that you thought was safe. Um, you need to have that conversation in that moment. I, I think I want to, though, tell people, too, if you haven't had that yet and your kid's 13, 15, <laughs> have it. Yeah. Have it. 
don't, don't it's not too late i mean yeah. it may it may be on paper but the best time to plant a tree is when yep 20 years ago and the next best time to plant a tree is when today today so hopefully you didn't miss it but if you did um plant that tree yeah um please your kids are worth it and they'll oh yeah, I've, I've missed it. some spots. I've missed some opportunities. I'm Absolutely. just saying, Absolutely. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. Yeah. There really isn't yeah. because it, at the end of the day, these kids are not ours. That's right. And, Amen. And if we understood how deeply loved they were by by God, um, we would just be staggered. Yeah. But, but they're ultimately his. Amen. And he's got a, he's got a plan for them for sure. Mm. Three years ago, we ran a billboard campaign in Colorado where we moved from. And it had the word struggling with porn, you're not alone, so are 66% of the men in the church. That was it, just words. And yeah. we got an ongoing flood of emails from parents, Christian parents who were furious that they had to tell their nine-year-old son what pornography was. So what is your take on what's going on there? Oh, it could be a it could be a ostrich head in the sand type of situation. The whole "not my kid," my kid doesn't do that. Or, um, um. well, if your kids, I mean, honestly, we live in it. We live in a day and time where access to the internet, access to even for for reason of just education alone, if your kid can read, yeah. the odds are they're online. And so, at that point, at at any point, you lose your student monitored or unmonitored to get online, you need to have had a conversation Absolutely. that includes the dangers. I would not send my kid across a minefield without the tools, without the understanding of how to how to dodge certain bullets, how to make sure that you didn't step on a mine. And I can tell you the internet, you know, there's, and, and there's, I'm not trying to, to cast aspersions on on the internet. We're, you know, as a school, We've just launched a program that we call Frameworks, and Frameworks is kind of revolutionary in the sense that we are taking biblical worldview classes, classes that, that are solidly based in God's Word, and we're, we're making them available for credit to high school students. Public high school students. Public high school students yeah. can take biblical worldview courses from Northwest Christian School to help help them understand biblical worldview, whatever high school they're in. And and that's God's glory being revealed through the internet. internet yeah. um, but at the same time, I would not uh, put a single student in front of the computer to take even a frameworks course without having understood that there's some pitfalls out here, pal. There's some things you're going to want to be yeah. – you're going to want to be aware of. And that furious parent could – you know could be shame-filled, like, oh, my goodness, why didn't I see this? And like we said before, that dad could be dealing with it too and doesn't want to acknowledge that their child could see that. But it's like you got to not think about yourself, right? It's not about me. Once you have that child, right, it's about my my four kids. You know, they put them first. So, again, if you – if you haven't had that conversation, have it and start it. Um, well, there's important. two dispositions. Even in Christian education, as families come to us, um, that partnership can look a couple different ways. And and what I would ask a parent when it comes to Northwest Christian School is your intent to protect or to prepare. Mm. Because if your intent yeah. is to protect your student from every temptation that's out there, you, you found the wrong school. <laughs> yeah. We can't do it. But what we can do in partnership is prepare your student yeah. 
to understand that there are pitfalls that are right around the corner, not just waiting for them, but aggressively looking for them. And and are you ready for that? And I think that's what good partnership looks like, whether that's, you know, whether that's a parent with their church and their youth pastor uh, or a Christian school or what have you. um, That's what students need is they need preparation. I'm I'm afraid that protection. Do what you can. Yeah. Do what you can, but but don't. Yeah, like you said, G. Don't don't keep your head buried. Feels in the like sand. a nice sermon. I got some I got some points with the preparation. <laughs> some alliteration. Yeah, some alliteration. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it, Mr. Brown. That's good stuff. Oh. Chris, you had talked about yeah. Satan and the spiritual battle. Yeah. Earlier, and there's an intense spiritual battle against everyone, youth, parents, and so how do you guys equip? kids for the spirit the intense spiritual battle they're already in yeah um i i think jeff you hit it that reminding kids of their identity reminding kids who they are the imago day you were created in the image of god for god by god one of the things we tell all our students you have a purpose on this planet right some some more peace for our for our sermon um but i I think when a kid understands that and that, that again that image is the imago day as well um I'm not saying our kids don't look at this. We know they do. Um, but we want to create an environment of openness. You talked about some of your these parents that are furious probably because they, they had no idea. Um, but we, I want, I've had students over the years, hey, Mr. Gardner, I'm struggling with this. That means we have a rela- – we've built relationship with that student where there's trust there. And mm. um, uh, just, just, just last year had a parent of a senior caught his son looking at pornography and um, – Came to, came to Mr. G and said, Mr. G, can you walk my son through this? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. So I think um, that idea of being in the light, you, you mentioned John 14, 6. Um, nothing good happens in the dark. Um, so we want to remind our kids that you go to a Christian school, but you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No. Um, so just remind them that there is hope in Christ. Um, and we pray. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time praying for these kids. Because it is, it is, uh, and not just our kids, kids all over the the world. I mean, just Northwest Christian School, because that's I think I'd be a little selfish. We've got a ton of clubs on our campus. Uh, As a matter of fact, today is is the club I'm just about to mention. Yeah, is probably I would say either the the biggest or second biggest club is our prayer club, Prayer Warriors Club, Prayer Warriors, and these are these are a group of high schoolers that come together uh, every Thursday. They pray for each other. They pray for the school, their churches, their families. You don't get that just. Just because we have free pizza in the room, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> which we have in abundance. Yeah. Kids come to it, pray because they recognize the it, need in their life. To hear students praying for their friend who is, whether it's pornography or mom has cancer or tempted to cheat, it, it's really cookie, whatever the temptation is. It's not ours anymore; it's theirs. Yeah, their own, um, which is really really fun to watch. Mm. My kids went to. Christian school back in Colorado, and they told me one of the things that grieved me was a lot of their friends' parents were getting divorced. Yeah. Do you see something similar? I would say that the, you know, it's hard for me to put a, to put a handle on. Um, one of the things I, ha- I think that happens in Christian education is when families sometimes recognize that they're on the rocks. They need support. They need help. They they come to Christian schools yeah. in order to get to secure that partnership. 
that would would get help. I would I would say probably our school, like like most Christian schools, mirrors the national averages, where tragically the the rate of divorce within the church is not much different. I think it is different statistically. I think it's a little lower than it is out in the in the world at large, uh, but but sadly not by much. Yeah. Mm. And beyond giving them their identity in Christ for the spiritual battle, what else? What other tools do you give them? Well, so the one of the things I talk about with parents all the time is I I call it a trust pyramid, and 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 essentially trust is the middle level of this pyramid that's so critical for for families to understand. We immediately when we're especially when we're talking about the issue of pornography or whatever the issue may be, we want to talk about the truth. We want to say, hey, here's the truth that will set you yeah. free. But too often we have to recognize that our students may not be be able to receive that truth unless we've correctly built what I call the trust pyramid. The bottom level of this pyramid, the broadest, the widest level is time. You've got to be spending time with your kids, not time towards the end of just simply preaching at them, not time spent in the car, but intentional time with your kids. And once you've established that base of of quality, quality time with your kids, you can build the next layer of the pyramid, and that pyramid level is trust. Mm -hmm. Once you've established that time, the kid knows that they can count on you, Um, then then there's that trust. On top of that level, we can finally establish the ability to speak into a student's life yeah. with truth. But I think if, if I were to point to any one thing that would, that would equip students or equip families is first a proper understanding of that. What does your relationship look like? Because the way out, mom and, mom and dad are ordained by God mm-hmm. to be the ones to lead their homes, to lead their families, to lead their students uh, into good and away from bad. You know, the other thing I, I would say is just that idea of biblical worldview. What are we doing actively, not passively? What are we doing actively to establish biblical worldview in the understanding of our students? And we're kidding ourselves if we think we can accomplish biblical worldview without God's Word, without the Bible. If we're not spending quality daily time, that was one of the yeah. most precious gifts that my dad gave to me, was every yeah. day I had the ability to watch him studying God's Word. It, it created an appetite in me. And, of course, God's Word, the Bible, gives rise to biblical worldview. Well, then I, it goes back to something you said at the beginning, Mike, about kids leaving at 20 years old. And that, that's, those are stats that keep me up. And I, I don't know the stats at our school. Um, I, I'd probably be sad to know if there were some. I, I just think they're all – none of them are looking at porn. None of them are having sex. None of them are walking away from the Lord. <laughs> I know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the one thing – the successful thing I've seen um, is when we get our uh, our kids – doing their faith. Um, there's a difference between knowing yes. mm-hmm. and doing. This is and, cool. and I think if they've seen, there, there's, a, there's an old illustration that we learned in Bible college about the, the, the Jordan River. The Jordan River has a Sea of Galilee flowing into it, and it's flowing into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is dead because it has just stuff going into it and nothing going out. Mm-hmm. So if you're, a, if you're a Christian school kid, you go 15 years to Christian school, and you just haven't take, 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 you're the Dead Sea. Um, so we love it at Northwest Christian. Um, we want to have our kids serving, have our kids in a community, have our kids um, exercising their faith uh, more so than when you read something in the Bible, you read something to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Okay, who can we forgive right now? Who can we talk? Who can we be kind to? Yeah, let's do this. So yeah, the application piece, I think that's what I've seen a little bit of success with our, and why they might not leave because of that. 
Yeah, when we're helping adults heal from porn addiction and adultery, a big part of what we do is helping them to live God's Word. We talk to pastors mm-hmm. who got all the theology, all the Bible knowledge, yeah. but there's a big disconnect, and they're not living what they're even teaching. Yeah. I mean, but if you look at the big picture, what is, you know, Acts 2.42, the church was devoted to yeah. fellowship, prayer, and Break teaching. Bread. Yeah. Wow. I meant, and they started the church with seven straight days of prayer meetings. Yeah. Prayer meetings almost gone in the American church. Yeah. So, guys, with a minute left, talk to the youth who might be listening right now. Yeah. So you take that minute. Yeah, well, you're not alone. Just just know Satan's telling you you're the only one looking at this. You're the only one failing like this. You're the only one that is a loser, and you're not. You are a child of God. You are cared about. You are um, adored um, by the God of the universe. And, and tell him. God already knows, but just talk to him. Uh, he loves you a ton. And tell, and tell somebody else. There's something beautiful when accountability comes to pace. And I know your dad's going to be a little upset maybe at first, but then he's going to be like, man, I'm really glad my kid talked to There's me. There's so, nothing so just, you can do. There's nothing you've done, nothing yeah. you will do that will cause God the Father yeah. to love you less. Amen. 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 And what I tell parents is the worst thing you could do is blast your kids yeah. when there's tribulation because that will shove them right into isolation. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Guys, it's been great. Well, Mike, we're looking forward to having you on campus. It's going to be fun. Mike. Thanks, Mike. God too. bless you. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.